I was involved in delivering quite a substantial training program together with another training provider recently, one with whom I work on larger projects, shall we say. And there were approximately 122 people to train. There were three training modules, and they were to be delivered remotely to groups of nine to 10 people over a number of months. So the whole thing looked straightforward on the surface. The client was happy with the content, but problems began when two things happened. One, the client didn't take our advice on how to position the training program internally to people who might come on the program. And two, they questioned the order of the training modules and didn't actually follow the advice that they were given. So what were the results? Well, among other things, people complained that they'd no idea why they were on the program. And secondly, because they didn't follow our advice on the order of the training modules, the flow of learning didn't make sense. And you can guess what happened next. So in today's episode, why your training process matters, what to do to market training internally to your clients, and how having the confidence to push back really, really matters for your training business. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. It's Thursday, which means it's time for another episode of the Training Business Podcast. I am just like you. I am someone who makes a living from selling my expertise, dressed up as programs, as workshops, online learning, offline learning. And this is the show for people like you and me, for trainers, facilitators, coaches, people whose goal it is, whose income is derived from helping others with their skills. So if your goal is to build your business, to help you to start to grow and to scale your business, this is what this podcast is all about. And this is the reason I began this podcast back in way back in August 2018, in fact. And if this is your first time here, welcome, because every Thursday there is an episode of the podcast sitting on your podcast platform of choice, whatever that platform happens to be. If this is not your first time here, and for many of you that is the case, uh, a huge thanks for your continued listenership and loyalty. It's my pleasure every single week to bring you a combination of information and inspiration. Sometimes I've guests on the show, and frequently I've had guests on the show, but recently I've also had a few episodes where it's just you and I, and we're covering some topic of benefit to you from a business perspective. So before the music, I said that... Um, Recently, I was involved in the delivery of a training program, a substantial training program to a professional services client. And against our better judgment, we allowed ourselves to be persuaded to adopt the changes to our recommendations. And I described the fact that this was a, a program for approximately 122 people, groups of nine to 10, uh, delivered remotely. Um, some customization, but not too much. But they didn't take our advice on positioning the training program to people coming on the program. And they also pushed back or questioned the order of the modules. And we had recommended that they follow them in a particular sequence. 
So in the end, the client, uh, after an initial disaster, I would say, the client took our advice, but the damage had been done and the feedback was disappointing. Now, we really had to go back to the drawing board and say, how do we actually turn this around? Because the feedback was on the floor, quite honestly. Um, I won't give you the numbers, they're scary, but literally we turned it around by about 70% within two weeks because we do really work hard to get people's trust again. The thing is, it wasn't our fault. Now, inevitably, you'll hear people say, well, it's not the uh, provider's fault or it's not the client's fault. The customer's always right, but the customer's not always right. The thing is, you need to be the person who's right because it's your product, it's your program. So the lesson here and this is what today's episode is all about, is the fact that it's really important that you don't just show confidence in your training, but you show confidence in the process in which your training, facilitation, coaching, etc. is delivered. Do you agree with me? I can see you nodding your head. Thank you. I'm, I'm grateful to know that you agree with me. And if you're not yet clear, listen to the tale of woe, which I'm going to share with you today. Because as I said before the music, we learn the hard way. Now, this is against my better judgment. We actually knew this would happen, but we went along with it. And my colleague said, actually, he wished he'd walked away. So it really is important that you're confident in your training, not just the content itself, but how it should work, how it should be run, in which order your training modules should be run, and how your clients can generate ROTI. What does that mean? It means return on training investment. This is key. And there are a couple of episodes I would encourage you to go back and listen to on that subject of return on training investment, the importance of proving that there is a level whereby people will not just have a great time, but they'll actually derive benefit which translates into the bottom line. It's something which pays for itself. And this is really key. So. You have Jack and Patty Phillips. Uh, I think that was December 2019, maybe. A fantastic episode with them. And then Wendy Kirkpatrick in episode 50. Before that, episode 50 with Wendy Kirkpatrick, who is the, uh, the I would say, the daughter-in-law of uh, the great Kirkpatrick model and creator himself. And it's really important that when you are selling training, you're not just talking about the module, the content, the program, the workshops, but the end result. How does that translate into actual metrics that people can measure and say, yes, your program made a difference? So in terms of today's topic, when your client buys your training, they're not just buying the training, they're buying your expertise in how it should be positioned, how it should be planned, how it should be organized, how it should be run, how it should be evaluated, and on a continual learning basis to keep generating ROTI, which is return on training investment, how it should be embedded and supported. Does that make sense? Good. Because it's more than just the slides, it's more than just the content, it's the translation into learning, which in turn translates into measurable outcomes for the business. But occasionally, just occasionally, we allow clients to tinker with the recipe. We, we should know better. And, and I know better, and I didn't follow my own judgment. And this is why I'm sharing this with you today. So why do people do this? Why do we let clients tinker with the recipe that we have for their success? Why do we allow them to change this 
Why do they want to change it? Who knows? Maybe it's a power play. Sometimes it's perhaps because they don't have the confidence or the feeling that we're confident in the results that we can deliver. And that's something you have to look in the mirror about and say, do I sometimes come across as lacking in confidence about my own material? Do you project a feeling of uncertainty about clarity that you know what your client needs and how to deliver that upon that need? Are you too wishy-washy and unclear about how your program will translate into return on training investment? Because what you have to realize is that people are putting their necks on the line. And sometimes when we don't really instill in them confidence, give them the feeling of confidence that this will not just deliver learning, but deliver transformation, which will translate into results they can measure, which justifies the training investment in the first place. Sometimes this is what invites them to maybe play around, question, tinker with your recipe. So if people want to have those conversations with you or want to question or change the way you have designed your program to be delivered, what do you do about this? What do you do? Do you question their reasoning? Do you sound them out on their logic? Do you refuse point blank and say, nope, this is the way it's going to be done? Do you compromise? Do you change some things around, but not all things? Or do you give in? And then, to my experience, do you wish you hadn't? And this reminds me of a wonderful interview with Selena Rezvani. That's Selena Rezvani back in August 21, here on the Training Business Podcast. And in that episode with Selena, Selena talked about how you need to sometimes have tough conversations with your clients. How do you stand your ground whilst being flexible so you maintain your dignity, keep the relationship, the working relationship, a profitable working relationship with your client? And Selena is the author of a book called Pushback, How Smart Women Ask and Stand Up for What They Want. But what she was talking about in the interview with Selena was the idea that sometimes you literally have to stand your ground and say, I'm sorry, this is how the program runs. This is how it works. Trust me to get you these results by following my recipe. And this reminds me as well, of course, of what Steve Jobs is alleged to have said. Years ago, he said something like this, and I've read this on several sites and I've checked the source and it seems to be true. He is said to have said, it doesn't make sense to hire smart people and tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And I think this is really relevant for us, for you and me as training providers, as learning and development providers, because we're being brought in not just to deliver content, but to deliver results. So we have to be trusted to know what that program looks like, and how to deliver on a process that gets those results. So when companies buy training or facilitation or coaching from you, I think what your clients are buying are actually three things. One, they're buying results. Two, they're buying your ability to deliver results. And three, they're buying your confidence in your own ability to deliver results. Let's do that one more time. When companies buy training, facilitation, coaching from you, your clients are buying three things. One, results. Two, your ability to deliver those results. And three, your confidence 
in your own ability to deliver those results. Do you make, do you agree with that? I hope you do. Because it's really about the confidence, the recipe for success, not just the ingredients. And you can think of the ingredients as your training material, but the package, that confidence, that certainty, that reliability, dependability, that's what people are actually buying as well. That's what makes you stand out from the competition. It's not just the content, because often content is just slides, but it's the way you deliver this in a way that gets results for them. If you sell your car, you don't sell it in pieces. You wouldn't let your buyer buy the engine only, then tell you that they want different wheels. When you sell the car, you stand over its quality as a one single thing, a single entity. And the, the lesson for me recently was that my colleague and I actually gave away control. We allowed people to take apart the car. And the consequence was that our recipe, our program, was now in the hands of someone, or in fact two people, who didn't know how to drive it properly, how to market this properly, how to sell it internally, and how to run this properly. And they crashed it. And that's not something I can blame them for. And this, therefore, goes way beyond training material and the success of an individual program that you, st- that you sell, that you put out there in the marketplace, because this is tied to your business reputation. This is the training business podcast. This is what this is about. Your business standing in the marketplace. And to go even further, there was more than just this, you know, upheaval in turning around the program and redesigning elements of the program to fix the mess. My colleague was seriously stressed for days. I mean, literally seriously stressed. And he was concerned about the effect this was having on him personally, medically speaking. And that's something you have to think of as well, is that when people change what you do, what you tie your name to, it could have an effect on you more than you think if they mess it up. And it did. So think about this. What happens to your brand if people think you don't know what you're doing? Now, even if they've changed it, even if they've instigated this change, if the result is that it does not go down well, doesn't deliver return on training investment, however this happened, it reflects on you. And I think of the advice from some of my past guests on the show. Marshall Goldsmith, one of the best-known coaches in the world, Grant Cardone, arguably the best-known sales trainer in the world. I mean, he's a megastar. You know, he's on TV all the time on YouTube, sells loads and loads of books. Uh, Trevor Reagan of Train Ugly, who talks all about performance. Gina London, an ex-CNN presenter who now delivers training on presentation skills. All past guests of this show, people I've been privileged to share time with. All of these people have a recipe and they are super confident in it not just what it contains, but how to deliver this, because this is linked to their brand in the marketplace. And advice was given to me by yet another guest on the show about nearly two years ago, in fact, a guy called John Warrillow from Canada, who is the author of a really mind-bending book called Built to Sell. And in that episode, John talked about the importance of building something which someday, as a trainer, you have something which you can sell on. It's not just the business of you, it's the business made by you, which could be sold by you. And he talks about the importance of productizing your offering. And what he means is this, this is who my training programs or products 
or services are for. This is what they do. This is how they're run. So when you are confident in your program, not just what it contains, but also who it's for, what it does, the outcomes it gives, and how it's to be run and delivered, embedded, coached, supported, that's what people are buying. It's the package, but it's also your confidence in the package that you need as a training, coaching, facilitation, consultant, learning and development provider. Okay, so a couple of questions for you. How much am I willing to change, compromise, customize my material, my program, my workshops? Okay, the things I sell, the things I put my name to. What am I not willing to change, compromise, customize? Another hard question to answer. And when and how should I push back so I maintain the integrity of my brand the dignity of me as a provider, and keep a valuable client relationship. One more time, how much am I willing to change, compromise, customize my material, my program? What am I not willing to change, compromise, customize? And how can I, let's say confidently, professionally, push back a bit and maintain my dignity whilst keeping a profitable client relationship. So this is all about being flexible. Everyone wants to feel that we're dealing with people who are flexible, but when you bend things too far, things which are not designed to be bent, you can bend them out of shape or break them. And this is what happened to me recently. And this is the the, the lesson which I'm sharing with you, because I know now what I'll do better next time. I've seen what it's like to go against my own gut feeling and my colleague, more importantly, because he had most of these client conversations, the position he this put him in, not just uh, professionally, financially, but also uh, mentally, that is not a place you want to be in. So it doesn't always happen this way. Sometimes you you have someone who wants you to customize your program to their needs. Okay, fine. But too far, it no longer is the program that you might want to stand over. And that's the point for you and me in our business as training business owners, as facilitation business owners, coaches, consultants. We're in the business of helping people to be the best that they can be in their business. So we get to decide really which things that we stand over are flexible, but also which things are fixed because we know the recipe to achieve that return on training investment. So before I wrap up today, your homework this week, if I can slip into coaching mode briefly, is to ask you to ask yourself, where can I be more confident in my client conversations? And what steps do I have to take to change things in a way that I'm comfortable? Do I want to change? And what am I prepared to change and not to change? So where can I be more confident in my client conversations, and what steps do I have to take to be more confident in those conversations? Because when people feel, I think, sometimes that they can push you around, or that's perhaps a harsh expression, but maybe um, get you to change things which aren't designed to be changed, because that actually breaks the model of what you deliver, that's something to ask yourself. At what point do I walk away from someone who 
is not willing to listen to my recommendations about how my material, my program, my workshops should be, must be delivered. Because as training providers, as experts in people upskilling, as experts in people development, we need to have confidence, but also to be seen to have confidence. And that, to my mind, is a huge part of running a learning and development slash training slash coaching facilitation business. They're my thoughts for this week. I'd love to know what you think. Have you had experiences recently or in in the past where you've perhaps changed your business model or the the way that your recipe should be to deliver results for people? Have you regretted that decision? What happened? Please drop me a line to mark at trainingbusiness.com. And even if you've got nothing to say on that topic, that's okay. Um, The reason this podcast is here for you every single Thursday is to just share these reflection points with you. I think we all now and again need to think about what the market's telling us, what our customers are telling us, and what we're prepared to do to deliver content, programs, workshops that help them to achieve their goals. Sometimes, as I've learned, it's sometimes best not to change things because there is a backlash. Things don't always work. So if you've got stories, please share them with me, markettrainingbusiness.com. If you've got suggestions for guests on the show or particular topics, I'd love to hear from you. I really would. And with that in mind, can I ask you therefore, please to subscribe because this costs absolutely nothing, takes a couple of seconds to do and helps to validate what James, Sam, and I do every single week, which is to bring you an episode of the podcast. There is, of course, a lot more coming. I'm working on some developments for the brand. You'll find all episodes, past, present, and future, on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Apple, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Stitcher, Spotify, so many platforms out there. But please, please tell other people about the show. Write to me if you've got questions, if I can help in any way or put you in touch with people uh, from my extensive library of past episodes, guests who've been on the show, I would be more than happy to do so. But in the meantime, please tell other people about the show. Please subscribe and come back again next week for another episode next Thursday, in fact. Until then, keep going, keep selling, keep leading, keep training. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.